Welcome to DevCast, the Dev Technology Podcast. I'm Will Nichols, and today I'm talking with CTO Yemi Oshinaye and Director of Technology Adam D'Angelo about DevOps. Yemi and Adam are here to talk about what DevOps is and what it means to be successful in transforming an organization's approach to technology. Yemi, can you introduce yourself and tell us what your role is at Dev Technology? Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm Yemi Oshinaye. I'm the Chief Technology Officer of Dev Technology. And uh, what I do is I, I work on the external uh, technology and the internal technology. Uh, what that means is I work with clients, potential clients. I work in the industry just to understand where government technology is going, um, what the future of technology is, and take that step forward in innovation to test things. Uh, if we need to put something together internally or if one of the teams wants to test out a technology, yeah, that's something we do. We've created kind of, center of centers of innovation here so that we can have teams look at you know where things are going in the future. So uh, that's kind of the majority of my role. I also work on a technology internally. I think it's always good to kind of eat your own dog food. So um, if we're going to test something innovative, we're going to do it in-house too. Okay, great. Adam, how about you? What's what's your role? As uh, Director of Technology here at DevTech, I uh, do a little bit of what Yemi does. I uh, help with some of the playing around of technology internally, help with some of our corporate initiatives, uh, but I also have a very active role on the delivery side of the organization, helping our teams implement some of these uh, strategies, technology, and help improve our de delivery capabilities for our customers. Um, so I split my time between the two and uh, really enjoy playing with new technology, working with our teams, and helping our customers um, move their mission forward uh, by applying better technology and helping to improve kind of a, a technological culture within their organizations. Like I mentioned previously, we're going to be talking about DevOps, and a lot of people might be asking, what exactly is DevOps? Yeah, I think a lot of people are confused about what DevOps is, and I think a lot of it's in the name, right? You hear the word DevOps, and immediately you have a lot of folks who think that means uh, development teams and operations teams working together, um, putting them together. Um, but it's way more complicated than that, and I, I think the name is doing DevOps as a culture great disservice. Um, I think really still one of the best descriptors of DevOps that I've still heard is from the Phoenix Project. I think it's uh, Gene Kim's work um, speaking to the three ways. Um, first, you're talking about system thinking, right? It's about um, the entire organization working together, uh, aligning around how they're going to deliver IT functions. Uh, secondly, it's enhancing that feedback loop, making sure that you know, when somebody fails or succeeds, that you're able to quickly learn as an organization, as a team and as an organization. It's the same thing Agile did um, as we moved away from Waterfall, right? It was shortening that feedback loop. And that's really what DevOps is, but at the organizational level, right? And lastly, it's creating that culture of continuous experimentation, right? You need a high trust organization to deliver high quality IT products today. If there's uh, a great fear of risk, uh, fears of failure, and people are not encouraged to try new things, you will not be a DevOps organization. Yeah, I, I really like the way you explained that and kind of drew that out. And I agree, the Phoenix Project uh, gave a great outline of what DevOps is. Just, you know, I'm thinking about my six years in government. Uh, you mentioned a lot of things that, uh, you know, Unfortunately, it almost feel like an antithesis to <laughs> what DevOps is. You said high trust organizations. Wow, uh, I can tell you, you look at government. It's 
risk averse, right? Uh, first and foremost, they're built in silos. So I'll have my infrastructure team, my operations team, and my dev team. You know, dev, you can't touch operations. I don't want you touching production because you're going to break it. I mean, you could be the most highly skilled development person in the world, but th the thought is there is a risk for you to touch it. Even the security model is totally risk-based. So building a high-trust organization in the government, I mean, it, it's a yeoman's effort, right? So I think that's, you know, we started to look at DevOps and the confusion. Even when the understanding becomes a little mature, you have to get over kind of what you described is that that high-trust organization and that feedback loop. Because once you build trust, then that feedback loop kind of speeds up, right? So I, I think that's important. I like the way it laid out. Let me ask you a question about that, Yemi. I mean, is that a government culture issue? Is there an issue with different contractor teams taking up different roles within that organization? And those contractors are competing against each other on recompetes and other contracts. Is it very difficult to establish trust between different contractor teams to create that DevOps culture when they're also competing against each other? Yeah, yeah, I think it's a, so we can call it a government culture issue, but I think it's a culture of an organization that has to hire teams to do work for it just like you said, and those teams do different parts of the work and they have to compete later. And competition is blind in the government. So it's not like, hey, you do a really great job and you're and I, I give you points for working with someone, I'll hire you again. No, it's it's you have information and you know about my organization. When I go out in the bid, the guy that has the most information plus the skill is the guy that's gonna get rehired. So you're right, there, there's almost a conflict. Um, do I think that it has to be that way? No, I think that there's, you know, leadership can skew it, but you're going to have to take leadership and the overall kind of you know, common law culture of the government, and you're going to have to change that. Uh, you know, one of the great uh, experiences I had was working at CIS. I think we leaned forward to try to change that. A lot of us as leaders said, you know, we understand in multiple contracts, we understand the contracts are, are, are separate, but we're asking you guys, and sometimes we're telling you guys to work together. I am going to give you brownie points for working together. And, and you can do that. I think, I think you have to be confident and brave enough to do something like that. So, I mean, and that's that step to kind of changing the culture. Um, can you do it all over the government? It all depends on who's running the government. I mean, we had a guy who came from commercial to the government, so he wasn't tainted by having been part of that culture. Um, there are some people that's been in the government for a while. I can think of some people I've worked with for 20 years, and they were just more forward-thinking, and they had, had a way of doing it. So, I mean, maybe we just need all to collect all those kind of forward-thinkers, put them in one room, and say, change. <laughs> Is it that easy? <laughs> uh, I wish it was. I, I'm going to say yes. How about that? <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> well, how does uh, – what, what role does dev technology play as a system integrator in helping an organization transfer uh, – transform its organization to DevOps? Sure. I, th I think a lot of that is our own organizational culture and what we bring. You know, we bring um, operational folks, security folks, obviously developers, database personnel um, to all of our teams, right? So we're able to quickly establish good relationships with other silos within some of the organizations who we work with. We understand operational difficulties, security difficulties, and we're really able to kind of 
integrate fast and and understand those issues. Now, on the other hand, you know, one of my other roles as director of technology here is to kind of provide guidance on IT strategy for some of our customers. So it's being able to go speak with branch directors, the the CTO, the CIO, and say, hey, you know, these two silos of your organization have different goals. And I hear that you guys want to do X on the development side, but your operations teams are telling me that Y is their number one priority. And if those priorities don't align, you're going to have a very difficult time you know, getting to that area, you know, that where you're creating system thinking, right? That's that's the first step of DevOps. And a lot of organizations struggle to align, you know, their creation of business value across their organization. Yeah, I think it's a key there. Um, one of the things that you mentioned without even saying the words is, is you have to live and breathe it. So I think, you know, for you, Adam, you know, you're an evangelist. You walk around and, and you have even a conversation of a cup of coffee. And I know that you understand DevOps. So I think dev technology, because we have those people, when we when we walk, when we speak, when we talk, you know, we kind of embody what it is. And then the next step is to go in and help other people get there. Um, you know, you kind of show an example of what it is. And then you bring someone forward towards that light. And then now you get to the, cause the arduous task, right, of what you said. How do I have system thinking? I mean, I think that's something we can sit on for a little while. What, what is system thinking? I mean, um, st- let's start with the ITPM. One of the challenges as, as a chief when I was in the government is, you know, system thinking in that context is I own my system and this is mine. I, I think we have to get to system thinking where we all support the system, the real system, not just the, 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 the network, the compute, and the storage, the system that's the human that puts some input, that runs through a system, that, that delivers some value back out to a customer or a client, and then how is that ecosystem working? How do we all help it together? I think, you know, changing to that kind of system thinking. No, I, I think you're absolutely correct there. Um, in fact, one of the exercises I think is one of the most important things to do if you're really wanting to understand DevOps and move to DevOps is do some value stream mapping, right? You know, from the time an idea is, you know, hatched in somebody's mind of, hey, I want this new feature for this application or I want a new application from scratch, right? Um, to the time that that gets requirements, development, testing, security, ATO'd, um, and actually deployed into production, not to mention all the approval processes and possibly even contract um, work that needs to happen within there. What does that look like? What are all those handoffs? How many times is somebody handing a piece of paper off, sending an email? What are the wait times? Drawing that out and seeing how long it takes for you to deliver business value within your organization will tell you very quickly where you need to make improvements. And if you don't really understand what that process looks like and really where your bottlenecks are, you're not, you're not going to achieve system thinking, right? You, you have to start there. You really need to be very honest with yourself about your organization as a CIO or whoever's in charge of that organization to say, hey, these are the problems and I'm going to start solving the biggest ones first. You know, oftentimes DevOps seems to start with these development teams who might already be doing agile. And then they're just because you're having a CI, you know, a Jenkins server doing continuous integration doesn't mean you're doing DevOps. But I, I think there's a lot of confusion that DevOps is somehow more tools related than anything else. And, you know, that's a great concern of mine and something that I think we as dev technology help to um, speak to our customers about and let them know, hey, this technology is obviously great. We love tools, right? We're, we're, we're geeks at heart. We love playing with these things, but we really want to help you understand how to drive that you know, decision-making to get business value to your customers quicker, right? We, we, we love supporting that mission. And the only way to do that is by really identifying where the pin, 
pain points are in that process, breaking those down and improving those. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, yeah, so we can do a quiz though. Uh, value stream mapping. I am not sure how many people actually know what that is. So, and the reason I say that is because we actually tried a value stream mapping exercise, and most people didn't know what it is. And, and uh, you, you hit something because value stream mapping kind of uncovers what's real about your process. Because a lot of times you'll do value stream mapping and you'll find a system that supports a system that is all human-based. And you didn't even know it was there, <laughs> right? So I think that's actually pretty key. Uh, if you said DevOps to someone and said, you know, value stream mapping is to DevOps like uh, Delhi stand-up started Agile, they would probably think you were lying. But it is key and critical to any system build. I'd rather actually put value stream mapping in the contract process. I mean, you need to do a value stream before you let out that contract because you need to understand what your system really does. Yeah, no, I think that's a good point. Um, and I would even go as far as to say it's more like, you know, maybe developing an agile road roadmap or backlog grooming, right? It's these exercises that sometimes aren't, where we don't take the time to do them, right? You know, I don't like when people just say, oh, yeah, we spent a half hour grooming our backlog. Backlog grooming should probably take the better half of a day. Doing doing a value stream map, you might have to have different teams from across your organization in the same conference room for two, three days, a full week. Um, but that time, you know, while it might look wasteful to an organization that's a low trust organization, Again, it comes back to that high trust organization where you say, hey, I trust these people to be doing good work in this room, identifying bottlenecks and leaving here with an action plan on how to fix these areas of pain. Um, you know, that that's DevOps to me. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. And it, it, the high trust is going to come from that's where leadership is really going to come in, that servant leadership, um, the leadership that helps to grow, you know, his or her people. That's where you're going to get a high trust organization from. So it has to be in a mindset pretty near to the top of an organization saying, here's what we're going to do. First thing we're going to do day one is make sure everyone trusts each other. We're going to have a, a fluid organization. And once we have that, once I see that glimmer, then we all need to get down to figure out what we do. Uh, I think that gets a little scary because, you know, in your reporting cycle, in all the uh, uh, messages coming from the White House or let's say it's DHS and things you have to answer, you don't feel like you can stop. I mean, how do you stop the train while it's moving to fix the train. And that's kind of where you get that fear. I mean, you know, do I, do I, you know, take the caboose and unhook it and fix that first? I mean, using that analogy, but, but where do I stop? Because those organizations are moving a hundred miles an hour right now. And that's part of the challenge and the fear, but you know, it, it's, it's knowing that it needs to be done, making it urgent. And then we all try to figure out a way to get it done. Right. I mean, it's continuous improvement, right? It's, it's, is what we're striving for. So it's not about stopping the train to fix it. It's about figuring out how to fix it while it's still moving. And you can do that. It happens slower, but there needs to be a plan and approach and measures. You know, I mean, that's also a very key component of DevOps, right? Making measurable improvements, right? It's not just saying, hey, this is better now because I, I went in there and changed it. Well, why is it better? Right? That's what it's about. Without, without metrics, without measurement, we don't know if we're doing something right. We don't know if we're doing something better. It's about experimentation, right? That third part of DevOps, right? Creating an environment where you can experiment and fail. And if you fail, no big deal. Let's, let's learn from that and go back and do it again. It's the scientific method. It's the same thing we were taught as the basics, basis of science since we were like in fifth grade. But we, as adults, we, we don't understand this, right? <laughs> Maybe we should get fifth graders to do this. <laughs> it might work. <laughs> yeah, 
when when we had a uh, bring your child to work day, I think we we learned that some of the kids are the most creative folks in our you know Absolutely. in the office that day. It was Absolutely. very impressive. Absolutely <laughs> loved it, loved it. Yeah, and they have an innate sense of fairness too. That's valuable. So. <laughs> that's true. Um, well, I have a I have a question. You've talked about the trust, leadership, sort of the strategic elements that are necessary for DevOps. Are there specific underlying technologies that you need to to transition to DevOps, like cloud or virtualization? Oh, wow. (laughs) Well, I mean, you could take that from so many angles, right? So I think if you go back to just DevOps, let's talk about understanding DevOps. It does start pretty much like Adam said, you know, with culture, it's going to start with leadership. It's going to start with identifying where you are. I mean, once you want to move in that direction and you understand it, I mean, there are many tools. So um, if you are building a DevOps organization and you want to deliver faster, I said, I want to get value to the customer more frequently and faster, then yeah, you, you want to have an automated pipeline of some sort. Um, we don't have to throw out tool names, but anything that are automated. Do I want to have on-demand services. So experimentation, we just talked about, the scientific method. How do I know if a certain system works better? I can should be able to spin up an environment and break it down pretty quickly. And that's where cloud comes in. Um, you know, I, I try to hesitate from saying those tools because you also have a lot of challenges associated with just focusing on tools and bringing tools in. Uh, one of the things that trips a lot of organizations up, I see this really great tool that does, quote unquote, everything. Um, you buy that tool, and it does a core thing, and the other everything, it doesn't do so well. So you buy another tool that does everything. Now you have overlapping tools. It's staying focused on the goal of building a DevOps environment that's important, staying focused on the culture, staying focused on metrics, and then applying the appropriate tools that answer that question. So, I mean. No, I think that's a great answer, Yemi. Um you know, I've been an Agilist for years, and, and what's the first tenet of the Agile Manifesto, right? It's about valuing individuals and interactions over processes and tools. So I'm, I'm never going to sit here and tell you that a tool is the right way to solve a problem. There are many ways to solve a problem. Now, having said that, you have to look at your specific problems. Um, if I came prepared for this podcast, I'd probably have good notes for things like this, but I believe it was the 2014 Velocity Conference um, that Gene Kim and some of his you know, folks put together a survey for, um, sent it out to about, I think it was like 100,000 C-suite, you know, CIOs, CTOs across the world at major organizations to try to find out what some of their biggest pain points within their organizations were. And I think three of the top five basically had to do with um, provisioning of environments, for development, for testing, those sorts of things, right? So how do you solve those specific problems? And I think, you're, you know, virtualization, I think um, cloud is a key component to those solutions, right? But some of it's also aligning operational support with your development teams, right? If your operations teams aren't working in, you know, Congress with your development teams and saying, hey, we understand that you need this new environment to be able to do testing on this new feature, well, you know, if that's not a priority for them, they're never going to get it. So in that case, it's even less than that tool and more about going back to what we were talking about with that system thinking of, you know, it's getting your organization to work as one to solve problems. And that's really what we're trying to accomplish here. Yeah, I mean, I, I, and that's pretty critical uh, because you have different components of the organization. It's just like you mentioned earlier, I have multiple contractors. I also have multiple 
departments in federal space. I mean, just to give context, you know, let's use, I mean, USCIS. I mean, we're delivering benefits. To deliver benefits, you have a business customer. From a business HQ customer, you have a field customer. Then you also have OIT who supports that. With an OIT, you have infrastructure, you have development. I mean, you have budgets. Then you have um, compliance. I mean, then you have end user services. So you have to get all those people to work together. And I mean, forget about, you know, organizational theory. If you're getting multiple people to work together, <laughs> that's a challenge. And then you have multiple layers of leadership. So, you know, the complexity of DevOps is also built around the amount of organizations, like kind of many organizations you have in, inside of the larger organization. So I, th- I think that's something, you know, when we approach it, you know, when folks approach their own transformation, just to keep in mind, there's a sensitivity to, giving people objectives and then having shared objectives. Okay, how about an example of an organization that's had a successful tran- transformation with DevOps? Well, I, when I went to uh, a couple years ago, I saw the uh, Target story, uh, uh, their DevOps story, and, and I think one of the things they did uh, to build trust uh, and break down the silos, it, it's almost like they shrunk the organization. Um, you can't bring everyone together, but you can bring key folks from all different areas together in one place. Uh, being in person is important. Uh, as much as technology grows and advances, um, human interaction cannot be surpassed. So bringing folks together, uh, building trust, building processes. And then uh, Target did something. They created a dojo. So they created a center where folks go to learn. And then uh, created multiple, actually, dojos and areas because Target's a big organization so that if you want to learn DevOps, if you want to go back and sharpen your saw, you go to those places, those people. Uh, so they invested. I mean, you're talking about a you know, multi-million dollar company. They invested in that and they said it was important. Now, that's a train that's going 400 miles an hour, right? But they, um, kind of like you said, they started to fix things while the train was moving because they knew it was important enough to have that to be able to be you know, faster and, and better. So I, I, that's a pretty good example. Sure. I think there are a lot of good examples out there. I had the opportunity to go to the DevOps Enterprise Summit out in San Francisco last year, and a lot of that talks about transformation stories from from banks, from retailers to online merchants. So, you know, there's a variety and they're all different. Um, You know, a lot of them come back to culture at the end of the day and creating that high trust culture. Um, But another key component is kind of viewing your organization, your whole organization, not just your IT shop, but your whole organization as an IT company. And kind of understanding that to move forward in this world, in this high tech world we live in, all organizations are going to have to be considered a technology organization. Uh, I think the largest bank in um, Great Britain, uh, what is it, HSBC, hire, employs over 200 folks, 200,000 individuals worldwide, and I believe they hire, hire more technologists than bankers. Right? So think about that. The, one of the world's largest banks has more IT folks than it does bankers. So I mean, I think that tells you that your IT organization is probably in the best position to drive forward value for your customers. You know, it's a different story than it was 20, 30, 40 years ago, where your IT group was a bunch of kind of weirdos, frankly, (laughs) um, sitting in a corner playing Dungeons and Dragons in their spare time. I think we have to be very honest about that, right? You know, they're they're allowing us out of the basement now and allowing us to make 
important decisions for the organization. And we're right in the middle of it, right? We know where all these essential applications, weak points are, um, where they break down, when they break down, and how to fix them. And I think you have to start listening to your IT folks, right? When they're telling you, hey, we need some time to fix some of these things, pay off that technical debt that's accumulated over the last 15 years, you've let this system you know, run, you know, let that train run, right? But if you don't change its oil, you're going to have some issues. And I think there are a lot of applications running in the commercial sector, in the federal space, where we've kind of ignored them, right? It's that O&M as an anti-pattern approach that I've seen time and time again, um, which winds up really setting you back. And when you want to make these cultural changes, when you want to move to Agile, when you want to move to DevOps, you wind up getting stuck in bad decisions that were made by a CIO 20 years ago. Who's, you know, he's retired long ago and sitting on a beach somewhere, but, but we're still suffering from some of those bad decisions. And getting out of those is, is a big deal, and it's very difficult to do. Um, but those transformations can still happen just slowly. And like I said, in a measured way, um, I think you know, there's success to be had there, but it's a little bit more challenging than uh, you know, if you're starting in a what are the, greenfield development. I mean, you know, we, we'd all love to start a brand new uh, Silicon Valley company and say, hey, from day one, we're, we're creating this culture of DevOps where we, we do everything this one way and we have this right culture. Sure, that's easy. That's, that's, that sounds great. <laughs> but that, that's not the reality we live in day to no, day. No, you're right. The reality is that we have tons of uh, technical debt and we have tons of organizations that still live in kind of like monolithic system society. Uh, but yeah, you're right. Capital One, I think, is another example of a great company. Uh, they put far more innovation than most IT companies. I mean, that's a that's an IT company that does banking services. I think it's a good example. So uh, yeah, you're right. Couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Target, very large organization. You met, Adam, you mentioned HSBC. At what scale does a organization, what size organization would, would be benefiting from DevOps? Is it for small businesses, medium, small departments, or are we really talking about larger scale enterprise? Yeah, I don't think DevOps discriminates. <laughs> it doesn't at all. No, it's a culture. I mean, I, I think, you know, it's funny. I, I like to talk about Agile. You know, we have helped a lot of organizations transition to Agile over the years. And um, I actually found it. So I, I'd always been doing Agile since I you know, graduated college. You know, just it was extreme programming and then moving into Scrum and, you know, some other things. But I was kind of shocked when I kind of I moved down to the the Beltway down here and started working in the federal space and discovered oh waterfall is not just something I learned in a textbook in university uh, back in the late nineties it, it it still exists and uh, it was a frightening practice and really boring for a few months just writing documentation honestly um, but you know one thing I found striking about waterfall versus Agile is that, you know, if you're doing Agile, you could do that at a small scale as well, right? That's just how you would develop on your own, sitting at home in your dorm room, um, on your laptop late at night, writing code, right? You write something, you, you, well, you think of something, you write the code, you try it, right? Rinse, wash, repeat. Right? Um, and you could scale, you obviously can scale Agile, right? And the same is true with DevOps. There's, there's no reason it has to be for a big organization or a small organization. If that's the kind of culture that you think is going to drive business value, then that's the kind of culture that you should develop. Um, it, it really has very little to do with technology at the end of the day. It's really about creating the, the right culture for your organization to experiment and deliver value. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you have 
a couple things there is, is scale. And we talked about the communication factor. We talked about, you know, having heads of different, different sub-organizations. That's where you start to get your challenges. So you talk about size. I think it's easier to implement in a small organization because you have that instant collaboration. Everyone can talk. You, you know how to get a hold of each other. As you grow and some of the objectives grow, I mean, you have, um, I think it's Dunbar's Law, when you get up to like 150, over 150, it, it's difficult to start to communicate intimately anymore. So you have to have form, more formal ways of communication. And so it slows things down. But you have to have a way of weaving that into the organization so that it, things are fluid. Um, you also, again, back to some more of the federal government, as you build organizations, they build structures around the way they communicate. So you have to follow certain processes. You communicate upward. You don't communicate across. And that's where you start to build out those barriers. Uh, it, there, there has to be encouragement to communicate across, up, diagonally, however it needs to be uh, communicated. And take your staff, your, your staff that you hired, and integrate them back into your organization so that the communication becomes fluid and you're okay hearing feedback. And that's when, you know, at scale, you start to actually see the benefits. Otherwise, I mean, you're just having these little silos of agile people. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, the, the real question is, is it possible to create a DevOps culture in an existing old organization versus a newer organization, right? I think if you have that new organization, regardless of size, it's easier to change the culture there. You know, if you have, I mean, look how many of these great companies, I mean, Toys R Us just closed shop, right? There are a lot of these retailers who had to close shop because they weren't experimenting fast enough. They were getting beat to market by all these newer organizations, right? Um, you know, and, and that's the story, right? It's, it's can you change your organization fast enough um, or is that culture that you've developed over the last, geez, 50 to 100 years so ingrained, so difficult to change? And is there a lack of leadership that are willing to make that sacrifice to make those changes? Um, you know, that that's going to be what, you know, the real story about whether you can transform to DevOps and create a culture that's going to be competitive and even competitive down here in the federal space. I mean, I, you know, yeah. it's not just this commercial thing. Yeah. I mean, you, you brought up something that triggered to me. I mean, uh, I was listening to a podcast about Amazon. And, you know, many, many years ago, Amazon was this little company that just kind of sold things online and, and was trying to be better than eBay. And but with the relentless push towards innovation and a relentless push to be the best, I think DevOps was a necessity. Right. So you had to have DevOps to grow that big, to be that nimble, to be that fast. And then, you know, that's the company that goes and buys a, gro a huge grocery chain without folks you know, being ready for it. So, you know, you, you talk about a large company or a large organization changing. Is it really the driver? Does it have to be an urgent need or does a leader have to create an urgent sense to change or to drive towards something? Um, and, and I'm not sure what that something is, but, you know, if you have a company like that, that folks overlooked and now look at them. So, I mean, it has to be something that it did that, that can be emulated. Right. Yeah. We have so many major companies around the world using Amazon Web Services to host their applications in the cloud. And who, who created that? This little online bookstore. <laughs> exactly. <Right>? <laughs> Give me three words that describe DevOps to you. Culture, communication, and people. I mean, I think, uh, again, it's, it, it's all three of those things together. It's having the right people. Uh, who are willing to communicate and help you create that culture where you're able to deliver value, experiment, 
create this high trust environment where experimentation is accepted and not only accepted, but uh, encouraged. And experimentation means failures. Absolutely. That's, that's the scientific method, right? Create a hypothesis, um, perform an experiment, and you usually fail. Guess, test, revise, right? Go back to the drawing board, change that hypothesis, create a new experiment, and go again until you do it better the next time. Yeah. Okay, yummy. Three words that mean DevOps. Uh, lean, collaboration, and people. I think the, the lean is very important. You, you, we, DevOps feels big. When you say it, it feels big, it feels daunting, but it's all about taking that slice. Change it little by little. Um, I have these like captions of, of folks like Einstein and Thomas Edison, where he's got this big lab, but he made a million mistakes, but just a little at a time. And every mistake, he made a note, he made a note, and you take all the mistakes together and you say, oh, there it is. Because as you do something lean, you get some feedback, you talk to some folks about it, you input it, you lean, and you go through that cycle and over again. Lo and behold, what you want will, will, will come about, and it's not too daunting because you do it a little bit at a time. You don't take the whole thing all at once. Thanks for listening to DevCast. By the way, dev technology is growing, and that means we're hiring for a variety of positions, including DevOps engineers, SharePoint developers, Java developers, database developers, and system engineers. To learn more about dev technology and to view full job listings, visit devtechnology.com careers. We've been rated as a top workplace by the Washington Post five years in a row based on employee surveys. And here's what application administrator Cindy had to say about working at dev technology. I see the company always looking forward at what's coming out in 10 years and thinking, wow, do you think we could develop something like that in six and a half or seven years? Now, be sure to follow Dev Technology on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn to make sure you're seeing the most recent job openings, as well as blog posts from our subject matter experts and just to see some of the fun stuff our employees are up to around the office. Thanks for listening.